The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? Then do we have a podcast for you. Hello, Fire Whiskers. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Debt of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. And try to stay on topic. Which is easier said than done. Without further ado, here's this week's chapter of The Debt of Time. Anyway, to the cold open I had prepared. Feels so like not a big, but I have to do it because Hannah Beth's not here and she might be here next time. <sighs> what up, guys? We are live and completely unsupervised. Because <laughs> it's Friday again and we're here to tell you, friends, what happened was. Shit, I don't even remember what happened was because we were all together and I didn't bring my book and I didn't write oh, it yeah, down. No. Oh, fuck me. Oh. The only thing I really remember is something about them discussing Hermione being intimate, serious, and Remus when she was Maya and <gasps> yes. people being shooketh about that. That's really all I remember. <sighs> um. Anywho... Sorry, guys. I was trying to do better with what had happened once, but sometimes I have my moments and I forget. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. Also, I just got completely... uh, So, again, if you're not into tangents, feel free to skip ahead by a minute or two. You'll be able to tell when we get into the story. Guess what? This is a podcast. We bullshit. And also, Kat and I live many states away. Last week was the first time we have seen each other in two fucking years. And, um, we don't get to spend a lot of time together because we both have a lot of shit going on. So, like, this is our chance to hang out. So, welcome, you are a guest in our home. (laughs) But, uh, exciting news on my family front. Um, my sister was featured in an article on Business Insider because a reporter has now written three stories on how American Airlines has royally fucked up flights with unaccompanied minors, uh, one of which was my niece. Um, but anyway, so my sister decided to Google the story on Twitter and Facebook to see the comments, and uh, she's happy to report that several boomers think, quote, she should have correctly put in the information when she bought the ticket. American makes you call them to buy an unaccompanied ticket, and even if you buy it and add the UA thing later, they don't let you put... The- oh, no, sorry. So they think she should have filled it out correctly, to which she said, uh, you call them and they put it in and you can't really put the info in yourself. They, uh, American Airlines has to put it in themselves. Um, and she should be happy that they won't just give her kid to anyone. Um, basically my sister tried to claim her daughter at the airport and they were like, uh, your name's not on here, so we can't give her to you. And she was like, okay. Well, I'm not going to leave without her, so let's figure out a way to work this out. And yes, no, so um, apparently somebody thought American did the right thing in this situation, which was not giving a child to her mother. And also somebody thinks she's a bad mom for letting her child fly unaccompanied. 
at 10 years old, which she does every year, two to three times a year, because she is the child of divorce and has to go see her dad. Guys, I'm going to tell you a little secret. Macaulay Culkin flew on his own and he was younger than Claire's niece when he did it. I don't care that that's a movie. He still did it. I don't care that it was the 90s. He still did it. Yeah, but that also involved him having to meet Trump. So, like, clearly it didn't work out well for him. Sorry. (laughs) Anyway. But but, Macaulay is doing better in life than he used to, so we're proud of him. Yes, yes, that is true. I'm very proud of how Macaulay Culkin is handling life now. Um, That that, that is a genuine sentiment. Given the shit that child went through, I am very happy for where he is now I still cannot believe that he's Paris Jackson's godfather either, but that's a different story. That's good lord. (laughs) <laughs> but anyway, uh, I also can't believe Paris Jackson isn't six years old anymore. It's absolutely fucking mind-blowing. She has a lot of tattoos. It's very weird to me. But she's gorgeous, Oh, she's though. fucking she's beautiful. Weird. And, like, super smart, super talented. Like, everything's amazing. Yeah, but those it's just eyes very weird. are what get me. Like, yes! Gorgeous. Stare into my soul. Yes. Yes. But anyway, um, that's not what our podcast is about. But yes, no, sorry. My sister texted me to let me know what Twitter and Facebook thought of her parenting. Nobody cares what you think of my parenting. Yeah, yeah. But anyway. If I want to give my baby a bottle of Jack and Coke, I can give my baby a bottle of Jack I mean, I would recommend against it. But you give them whiskey, you introduce them to that, and then you add the mixers. Duh. <laughs> Sorry. Or, or in this case, I would have to give him Hennessy, but that's a different story. And this episode of Fire Whiskey and Bad Parenting goes to. <laughs> yeah, because I literally told the Dark Wizard the other day, I'm like, I can't wait till we live together. Like, you can come home and I can be like, here, here's your Hennessy and your child. And he's like, one or the other. And I was like, <laughs> you're at home. And he's like, one or the other. And I was like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what about if the baby is in a henny onesie? And he's like, that's okay. Yes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, uh. Wait, you like my nails? I got them done ooh, today. Pretty. First time I got a pattern. They got oh, swirlies. Okay, take a picture yeah. of that so you can share it on Friday. She conned pretty. me into it and didn't even charge me for it. So it's fine. I talked about tomato seedlings and uh, Baker Creek heirloom seeds with a farmer today at the farmer's market. And I was talking to him about some of the varieties of tomatoes he had. And there was one that was really pretty. It was like blue and yellow. And I was like, oh, it's pretty. And he's like, honestly, it doesn't taste that good. And I was like, oh, okay, I won't buy that one then. <laughs> and then he, I was like, which one's taste good? And he's like, this one's good. This one's good. This one's good. And I'm like, oh, is that a Berkeley pink tie-dye? And he's like, it is a Berkeley pink tie-dye. And I'm like, I tried to grow those. And then the birds ate the fucking seedlings. <laughs> and he's like, that's super shitty. This one's on the house. And I was like, Thanks. So um, I love farmer's markets because I get free tomatoes, which my husband is thrilled about because we pick somewhere between 40 and 60 tomatoes a day. And he's really fucking tired of tomatoes. (laughs) I took a wrong turn on my way home from Orlando and I ended up in those areas where the Spanish farmer's markets are and every sign was in Spanish. But the markets are so good. Where did I go? And then I saw the Mikasuki tribe of Indian casino thingy or whatever it's called now. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. So then my GPS took me a different way. And then I finally got to that road behind Cracker Barrel. (laughs) And I was like, now I know where I am and everything is in English now. (laughs) 
do oh I have so many good memories of that Cracker Barrel. I took myself there for brunch one day after I enlisted in the army. <laughs> By oh. the way, if you all, last tangent, I swear, I'm done. To promote another podcast, if any of y'all were fans of Boy Meets World back in the day, the person who played Topanga, Sean, and Eric have a podcast <gasps> together. It My is fantastic. Yes, it is fantastic, and I love it. They are fairly new, so I think they are only like maybe 10 or 12 episodes in right now but it's called pod meets world and it is amazing and you will see that show in a different light now like after you hear all this behind the scenes stuff i listened to it like it took me from here to orlando and then from orlando to home to get up to the most current episode good like lord yeah the one with mr feeney was fantastic because i didn't realize that when they get to college that lady who played the dean of the college that's his wife in real life and she was on the episode too and i was like holy crap feeney yeah he actually won't do that anymore it's really sad he won't do it anymore He he said he won't do it because when they did girl meets world the director or whoever made one of the little girls do it without asking the actor who played Eric and he felt betrayed I guess by that because yeah, that was his thing, that's his thing. And, yeah and he was like I can't believe you did this so they talked about it and he apologized and he was like yeah this was the wrong thing for me to do but he was kind of like okay that was kind of selfish of me to do that but then again it was my right to do that because that was my thing but now he won't do it anymore because he's like i'm passing the torch now i got over my feelings i'm passing the torch and he won't do it um like i did not approve this decision eric i I, I still need the feeny call yeah but it's like the it's like a really good podcast like it's my new obsession it's like my new potter list like i'm obsessed with Boy Meets World podcast now. Noted. It, I'll have to let my sister know because yeah. she started watching it with, uh, the fuck? Yeah. Sorry, no. One of my neighbors just started a truck, which is really loud. Yeah. But, um, it, it's my really good. Sh- and, like, yes. the guy who played Sean Ryder Strong, his kid does, like, segments on the show because he's watching it with his kid now. Oh, so he'll, like, record his kid, like, being like, so what did you think of this episode? And he's like, too many shirts. The hair is weird and all this stuff. And he was like, so how do you think daddy shirts. looks now compared to then? And he was like, well, your hair is different, but you look the same. <laughs> such a big crush on like, Ryder Strong. Yeah, I know. And, like, the one with Minkus is so good. Like, Minkus. Minkus. Oh, the best. Okay, I'm done tangenting okay. about another podcast, but it's fantastic. No, in case no, you all wanted to. That's know. fine. My sister's watching it with my niece, and she's like, "This show yeah. is just as good as I remember it," which is good because so many I shows, know. like you go back and you watch them, and you're like, huh, "Yikes!" But like, I feel like Boy Meets World isn't like that, which is good. Well, so I've like since I've started watching, I mean, listening to the podcast, I've kind of been like rewatching it every now and then, and like some of the jokes, I'm like. I can't believe you got away with that but you have to remember it's a different time but also like they talked about how they had to keep the adults entertained too because some of the stuff looking back on it they were like this was a kid show how did we get away with like all the like the sexy time with Corey's parents and stuff and it was just like because they were talking about back in the day you had to keep the parents entertained too because the advertisements were not for the kids they were for the parents because the parents are the ones who were buying stuff bluey anyway yeah there's literally an episode so season three will be out i think by the time we release this episode let me see 
Um, yes. So very excited. Season three coming to Disney Plus on the 10th, which is Wednesday. So it'll be out by the time this happens. Um, there's an episode, I think it's called like whale watching or something like that. And basically both of the parents are super fucking hungover and don't want to do anything with their kids. <laughs> it's fucking, I was watching it. I was like, are they, are they fucking hungover? And then they're talking about how they were at a party super late the night before and they don't want to move and they feel like crap and they have headaches. And I'm like, oh my God, they were fucking drunk. Like, it's great. And I love that we can still incorporate that in children's shows today because let's face it, that needs to happen. Or, you know, yes. fucking Hey Arnold's grandpa talking about like losing brain cells at Woodstock. <laughs> also, oh, no, no, I'm cutting myself off. No more tangents. What had happened was we read chapter 129, which uh, is basically when Ron and Ginny show up and they see Maya and Sirius making out in the front steps and they were like, what the fuck? And so um, Maya sort of catches them up on like who she is, who she is to Sirius, what all happened there. And then Ron is like, are you sure you were okay with this? Like, I've heard a lot of stories about what Sirius did at Hogwarts and like, you're okay with his history. And Maya's just kind of like quiet for a minute. And then Ginny's like, oh shit, he did that stuff with you. And she was like, yeah, glad you picked up on that. And I don't know why I'm doing this really weird hand movement thing. Um, And then uh, towards the end, there's a line, um, uh, Oh, and then they're talking about the photos, um, and I guess Harry's all fucking traumatized. Yeah, that's the thing. They were going through all the pictures, and Harry's fucking traumatized because there's a photo where Sirius's ass is hanging out of the blanket so they can see toujours pure. Um, and then yada, 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 yada. Uh, but Ron's like, I can't believe you're in his bed at Hogwarts. And Ginny's like, you never had lavender in your bed? And then Ron's all upset. And he's like, it's just hard to, you know, look at you, Myony, and see a different you. And, you know, uh, it's, you know, weird to find out that, you know, the girl who yelled at me about snogging lavender turned out to lose her virginity to Sirius Black. And then that's kind of when everything went down the drain. And Remus is like, cool story, bro. I gotta go. And Sirius is like, um, uh, I'm not taking the blame for your broken hymen. And then, yeah, so everybody kind of realized uh, that Remus and Maya did it. And then Ginny said, this is the best night of my life. <laughs> so, like, that that's probably one of my favorite things, though, is when they just automatically assume it was serious. And Remus is like, anybody want tea? <laughs> like, that's just, I, I, I can see that happen. <laughs> but... That being said, chapter 130, different. Also, we're already on episode five of season nine. I don't know how this keeps going so fast um, because this is not a terribly long season, I don't think. Um, If I'm not mistaken, let me double check at the season chapter breakdown. Yeah, so season... Nine is not 99 chapters. It is 12 chapters. So we're almost halfway through the season already, uh, which is wild. And uh, there's only 53 chapters in the entire book. So we were only like 23 chapters away from the end, which is fucking mind boggling. Uh, But yeah, wild, crazy. Can't believe this is already happening. But 
again, if we stay on track, we will finish the podcast around February 3rd. Of next year? Yeah. What? Yeah, we're almost done. Holy crap. Yeah, that's... So, August, September, October, November, December, January, February. Six months. What am I supposed to do with my life? We're going to take a fucking month off is what we're going to do. <laughs> and then we're going to go more ahead. more than a month, but yeah. Yeah, I, I think like four to six weeks. Just give us time to sort of detox, take a break after three and a half years. Um, and then start reading... Presque toujours pure. Okay. <laughs> because honestly, I was thinking about like part of me was like, yeah, we should keep going. And another part of me was like, no, no, leave it perfect. Just end it where it was. And then we went to LeakyCon and somebody came up to me and went, oh my God, I love you. And I went, you know who I am. And it was such a wonderful feeling that I refused to give that up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it can happen because, like, after Shubes was done with the books, I was like, what are you going to do now, bro? Then he was like, oh, well, I'm going to do Crimes of Grindelwald and do the Fantastic Beasts. And I was like, okay, good for you. And, like, now that that's done, he's still pumping out episodes. So if he can do it, we can do it. Yeah. No, because he's doing um Percy Jackson now. But Yeah. But on um, Potterless, he's still pumping out episodes. Is he still he, doing yes, episodes for Potterless? Yes. Jesus. Yes, because he's still going to live events and doing episodes at live events because what we saw at LeakyCon is going to be an episode because he ah, does that stuff. So he's neat. still pumping okay. out episodes for Potterless. It's not over. So I got to be honest, and I think this is the first time I'm going to say it publicly on the podcast. I don't think this is going to be the show to launch it simply because as amazing as our fans are and the fact that we have at least 10 times as many fans as I expected us to have. I I think we expected, I I think our grand expectation for this podcast was a hundred subscribers. And we were like, if we had a hundred subscribers, that's, that's fucking awesome. We are in the zone. We're doing it. And instead we ended up with a thousand members just in our Facebook group. We have significantly more subscribers than that. We're fucking, I think Buzzsprout puts us at somewhere over a thousand downloads expected in the first month for every episode, which is, you know, sort of, I guess, what our listenership is. Um, We're at 200,000 downloads at this point, like kind of wild, but I am putting this out into the ether in hopes that it happens and clairvoyant strikes again. I want to be shoops. I want to fucking podcast for a living. Like if I can figure out a way to do this for a living, I would like to do that. And, you know, I kind of talked to Hannah Beth about this a little bit. And I was like, if I need an in-house editor because I become a production company, are you ready to quit your job and do it for me? And she's like, I'm going to need to get paid a lot more. <laughs> but, but I was like, you know, if, I know I've talked about it. We still fucking haven't done it yet. But all of the cast members of Millennial Illuminati finally have homes. Um, Ironically, two of them very close to each other suddenly are both living in D.C. now. Um, Actually, the three of them are very close to each other. I'm the weird one who's now in Tennessee. Everybody else is either in D.C. or West Virginia. 
but we're going to try and launch that, which I think hopefully might be the one to actually like launch me uh, and my production company, FWH Productions LLC, which is a real thing. We exist. FWH Productions LLC. Uh, we pay taxes. Um, also, Patreon was like, we can't pay you until you fill out your tax forms because you made too much money. And I'm like, well, that's nice. <laughs> See, I'm only excited about that podcast just so I can hear a certain person's voice because I'm curious and then I'm never listening again because I don't give a crap about your all's talking. No, no, I just no, want to hear no. your voice. We're going to do an introductory episode where we all just kind of like talk about who we are. And without talking this about time politics. you're going to record it correctly, aren't you, Claire? Shut the fuck up. I'm still <laughs> upset about that. I know. But, I'm upset about that. But yes, you will get to hear Nate's voice because that is yes. what he's going by in the podcast. I am Nate. so excited because it's not going to be like I it's imagine. It's not going to be I anything like you imagine. But he does And I will wear your merch if you ever get merch, but I am we, not we, listening. We have it we have a logo. So we will, Ooh, you know, I work with see. that. But um I designed our logo. I'm quite proud of I it. I wanna see. It's on our Instagram. I didn't know you had it. We Instagram. have an Instagram, we have a Facebook page, and literally we just have our logo and it says coming soon. Our Twitter <laughs> is very active. Nate runs our Twitter and basically just fucking trolls. People okay. on both sides of the aisle. Sorry, anyway, Annabeth sorry. is going to stab us. She's going to fucking stab us. Okay. We've been recording for quite some time. Um, oh, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. It's been 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, my God. Fuck. Anyway, the dead of time. Chapter 130. Different. September 20th, 1998. You've lost your virginity to Remus? The look on Harry's face told Maya that he had not meant to ask that out loud. Not certain whether she felt more embarrassed for Remus, who was bright red, or Harry, who looked aghast, Maya offered, It was the seventies? Sirius chuckled. I blame it on the wolf, Remus suggested. Can we avoid this conversation completely? The look on Harry's face said that no, no they could not. Eight years ago, Hermione Granger would have thrown a fit had Harry and Ron inserted their opinion into her romantic life, let alone her sexual life. Maya briefly thought of Victor Crumb and the memory of the Yule Ball. Hey, we met Victor Crumb. He was super cute in person and very stylish. Sorry. And the memory of the Yule Ball sparked a bit of irritation in her when she noticed the way Ron was gaping at her like a fish. She did, however, remember that she was no longer just Hermione Granger. Hermione, perhaps... She had told Harry she was still fine with being called by her original first name, but foremost, she was Maya Potter, daughter of- Sorry, I just looked at your logo. That's not what I was expecting it to look like. Sorry. (laughs) For some reason, I expected it more to be like the dollar bill, like, triangle thing, but okay. Continue. But foremost, she was Maya Potter, daughter of Doria Black, and shame was something Blacks did not feel in the face of accusations, if ever. You've shagged your professor? Ron finally blurted out. Maya smiled coyly. He was hardly my professor back then, she stated calmly, half tempted to add, though he did teach me a thing or two. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) Yeah, taught you a thing or two that you're going to use on Ron in the future. The fuck she is. <laughs> no, 
She's soulmates with Sirius. She's not touching Ron with a ten foot pole. Imagine her like spanking him with a teaspoon. <laughs> you feel this emotion? <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh know where that God. came from. I don't know what's wrong with me. That's so good what? though. Oh. God, no, just the fact that you brought emotional range of a teaspoon and was able to like quote that properly. Oh my god. <laughs> Guys, we did it. She's a Harry Potter head. I think you said that to me at Leaky Todd for some reason that you converted me and I can't remember why. No, it was some yeah, no, you made another comment, but no, it's like before you clearly liked Harry Potter, you'd seen all the movies, that kind of stuff, but you didn't pull references like you do now, and it's so good, and it makes me so happy. <sighs> okay, my cheeks hurt because I'm laughing and smiling too much. <clears throat> In the end, she decided a lack of information would serve her better. Her relaxed demeanor appeared to bother Ron, which she found amusing. Sirius and Ron looked at her and rolled their eyes. They had seen that smile on her face many times before, though not in many, many years. They called it her Daughter of Doria Black smile, her Slytherin smile, her Serpent Playing with a Mouse smile. But you did know he'd grow up to be your professor, right? Harry asked. I mean, you didn't lose your memory, did you? She rolled her eyes. No, I did not lose my memory. I knew exactly how they'd both turn out, she said, gesturing to Sirius and Remus. Sirius looked at her accusingly. What the hell does that mean? It means I knew that Remus would grow up to be a brilliant professor, and you'd grow up to be a giant pain in my fucking arse, she snapped at him. Her eyes hard, but her mouth turned up slightly, not wanting to give away too easily that she was enjoying the moment. Ginny was still giggling. <laughs> In which situation I am Ginny. I am literally always Ginny. Maya thought Harry and Ron were long overdue for a lesson in minding their business, and perhaps a change in the conservative, double-standard thoughts that they carried when it came to her. She knew that her past with Remus didn't bother Sirius one bit, but the man in question was standing by uncomfortably. Hold on, I need a fucking drink. We've been talking too much. Your son's water bottle? Okay, you know what? My child got a fucking hydro flask before I did. It's a much better water bottle than any of the water bottles I have. So yes, I will steal it when he is asleep. He doesn't deserve the nice water bottle. I deserve it. I'm his mom. I paid for it. Fucking $27. But it kept ice all day long in the Florida sun. So... Oh, sit your arse down, she said to Remus with a smile. Show the boys how nice you two play. Sirius laughed as Remus retook the seat beside him. A quiet fell over the room again, and everyone turned to look at Harry, gauging his reaction. After a while, he glanced at Ginny, who was staring at him incredulously, and Maya smiled as though she could hear the silent conversation that the young couple were having, where Harry was being scolded for his behavior and very likely threatened with abstinence if he failed to get over himself. After a few more seconds, he broke eye contact with Ginny, looked up at Remus, and offered an apologetic smile. 
You good? The show the boys how nice you two play thing just got me because it kind of like makes me like <laughs> go back to the orchards. It kind of sounds a little dirty. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, they don't have any idea how nicely they can play They're together. Not. Brown chicken, brown cow. Uh, after a while, he glanced at right. Okay. He broke eye contact, offered apologetic smile. <clears throat> Hermione swears a lot now, Ron commented quietly to break the silence. Smokes, swears, shags. Harry laughed awkwardly. Something what else should we know? Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I mean, not wrong. <laughs> I don't smoke anymore. <laughs> A part of me wants to be mad, but it's so accurate that I can't. It's, I, I, mm, mm-hmm. I, I could have worn that on a t-shirt and it would have been accurate. This is what we it's talked fine. about. We forget that people are listening to this. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's... Again... You're in our house. Like, yes, we make this show for listeners, but we originally made it just for us. So, like, sorry, kind of, not really. If my mother is listening, I'm sorry. I know she's not, but I think she got to the first episode where we said, where we read fan fiction, occasionally erotic fan fiction, and she just went, nope. <laughs> <laughs> turned it off. Which, you know, thank God. Um, yeah, it's I like hope. the time she tried to join anyway. the Facebook group and I sent you that screenshot. I was like, Claire, tell your mother to go away. <laughs> you can't sit with us. Oh my God. Oh, Jesus. We need to read it. It's getting so late. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. God damn it. You really got me with that. <laughs> Sorry. Smoke swears shags. What else should we know? Asked Harry. She has a tattoo of my name on her thigh, Sirius offered. Maya hit him again in the chest. Harry paled. What? Ron raised an eyebrow. Really? Ginny said nothing, but tilted her head as though she could peek up Maya's skirt and see it. Really? Remus rolled his eyes and scrubbed his hands down his face, uncomfortable in regard to the conversation, but clearly had given up trying to have any semblance of dignity, so he was leaping into the deep end of impropriety, likely in the hope that when he drowned, it would be quick and painless. It's incredibly off-putting. Oh, like you complained, Maya teased him, glad that they were at least forcibly removing the awkward tension from the room. Had Harry reacted more harshly, she might have been sore with Sirius for his constant provocation, but the prideful look on her wizard's face told her that he had the same plan she did, to break the others of their discomfort. So wait, Ginny chimed in, Remus took your virginity when? Fifth year, Halloween ball, Remus said, and oh, <clears throat> shit, well I can't do fucking both of their voices at the same time. Anyway, fifth year, Halloween ball. If they can Remus do each Maya other at together. the same time, you can do two voices at the same time. You know, fuck off. 
fifth year Halloween ball, Remus and Maya said together, though he had his face in his hands as he spoke. Sirius grimaced. Ugh, I hate when they talk in unison. Creepy. You be quiet, Ginny said, pointing to Sirius. Now, when did you first sleep with Sirius? The end of fifth year, Maya replied. And when did you get the tattoo? Ginny asked. My seventeenth birthday, Maya answered clearly, already knowing where this was going. Which means that... Hermione prompted, staring at Remus. It's private, he said tersely, as he met her stare. I dated Remus. We broke up. Sirius and I were... Sirius and I, Maya said, knowing that their first time was, in fact, a mere one-night stand before he had shoved her back into Remus's arms. Then Remus and I got back together for a while before I settled for Sirius, she concluded with a smirk. Sirius just smiled at her, ignoring her teasing entirely. She had decided not to mention the orchards. When did you stop being a swatty prude, Hermione? Ginny asked with a grin. Maya briefly narrowed her eyes teasingly. I dislike where this conversation has gone. Me too, Ron and Harry said at the same time. So who's a better shag? Ginny asked. Harry's eyes widened. Ginny! She threw up her hands, feigning innocence. What? I'm curious. Ron grimaced. You're disgusting. You're also barking up the wrong tree, Sirius informed her. I've asked her for years, and she swears she'll never tell. I told Lily. Sirius's gray eyes widened, and he tossed her off his lap and onto the sofa. You liar. Nope. Maya grinned smugly, trying to contain her laughter. Lily knew which one of you was better. Remus shook his head. That's so weird. Then again, she did collect a lot of those werewolf romance novels, he said, thoughtfully to himself. Ooh, which ones? Ginny asked. Harry just stared at her. Tell me, Sirius insisted, glaring down at Maya. Absolutely not. Your ego can take the deflation or the stroking. Remus shrugged. Mine could always use a little boost. You don't need me to brag about you, Remus. Maya beamed over at him. I'm sure you get enough of that from your mate. That brings up another point, Harry blurted out. How does Tonks, Tonks feel about all this? <laughs> How do I feel about what? Tonks walked in, carrying Teddy in her arms. Maya crawled under Sirius and over Remus, kicking one of them, she was not sure which, in the ribs, before she slipped off the end of the sofa in order to get to Tonks and the baby. She beamed at the boy, who looked at her with bright blue eyes that shifted amber the moment they glanced her way. His hair, as it always did at the sight of her, turned to honey-brown curls, and he eagerly reached for her. "'May I?' Maya asked. Tonks smiled and handed her the baby. When have you ever asked before? The moment the boy was placed in her arms, Maya felt the familial bond seal itself between the pair of them. She grinned down and kissed the top of his head lovingly. Sweet boy, I think I missed you the most, she whispered, smiling when all four men in the room looked mildly put out by the declaration. 
So how do I feel about what? Tonks asked again, as she took a seat on Remus's lap, wrapping her arms around his neck and grinning when he nuzzled against the pack mark on her shoulder. She knows already, Sirius told Harry. A werewolf can't keep secrets from his mate. Tonks has been helping Remus and I get Maya back for a long while now. Oh, are we talking about the two of you? Tonks asked, gesturing between Maya and Remus. When her husband silently acknowledged they were, she looked at Harry, Ron, and Ginny and smiled. Why would that bother me? He's mine now, and she's got serious. You don't care at all that they've had, well, sex? Ginny asked. Tonks actually seemed to let the question roll in her mind for a moment before she shrugged and said, Not really, unless... She turned and looked up at Maya, who was completely devoted to her godson in her arms. Did you teach him to do that thing with his tongue where he... Remus covered her mouth. Not everyone in this room is a black. Some people think shame is a healthy feeling. Sirius chuckled as he pointed out. Technically, everyone in this room actually is related to the blacks, except for you, Mooney. Maya grinned leeringly. No, she answered Tonk's interrupted question. That's all him. Tonk smiled and, with her mouth still covered by her husband's hand, winked at him. I need to be drinking, Harry declared and stood up, making his way into the other room. Ginny was smiling at Tonks. I think that's very mature of you, Tonks. I think if Harry had any ex-girlfriends, I'd probably bat-bogey them until they forgot they'd ever snogged him. I kind of dated Cho Chang, Harry reminded her as he walked back into the room carrying a bottle of fire whiskey, a tray of glasses levitating behind him. Ginny snorted, rolling her eyes. Cho Chang likes to think that she dated you. It's nothing about maturity, Tonks told Ginny, smiling. I know that I'm his mate, and nothing will change that, despite their past. He and Maya are just best friends. Hey, I thought I was your best friend, Sirius pouted, looking at Remus. Remus shook his head. Nope, always been her, he said, smirking. Maya grinned at him. You're my best friend too, Remus. Hey! Ginny, Ron, and Harry all pouted. Maya rolled her eyes dramatically. Oh, Merlin, I need fire whiskey for this, she said, nodding to Harry to pour her a glass. I lived two lives. I had different best friends. Harry, you, and Ron, and Ginny are my best friends. Remus, you are also my best friend. Where the fuck does that leave me? Sirius rose a brow, staring up at her. In her bed, Ginny suggested, handing Sirius a glass of fire whiskey as Harry continued to pour. Sirius smiled broadly at her. You have my blessing to marry my godson. And you have my blessing to shag my best friend, she declared with a grin, and the two shared a toast, clinking glasses. I kind of love this part so much, just like seeing everybody sort of like blend together. Yeah, it's cute. I also just really like Ginny because like this is the Ginny we didn't get in the movies because as much as I like Bonnie Wright, her character had about as much personality as a raw piece of okra. So, 
Okay. Did you know that okra can be pink? No. Yeah. Also, I'm not a fan of okra because I don't like how gross and slimy it gets. Surprisingly good raw. I like fried okra. Bleh. I know, I'm a bad southerner, but also meh. I don't think I've had it done right, but anywho. They drank and shared memories and stories until the sun set and Tonks declared that it was time for Teddy to go to bed. She and Remus left, taking a moment to pry the infant away from Maya and Harry, who had taken turns learning how to share their godson. Sirius sat on the sofa with an arm wrapped possessively around Maya's waist while he simultaneously played, played wizard's chess with Ginny, who was sitting on Harry's lap, staring at the board with concentration, the tip of her tongue tucked against the corner of her mouth as she directed her knight to attack. The soft light in the room reflected off of Ginny's wrist where a gold goblin-made bracelet sat gently on her skin. Maya smiled at the sight. Didn't Sirius give this to you yesterday? Ginny asked Maya when she clasped it around her wrist. Er, eight years ago? Yes, he did, and it changed my life forever. I eventually gave it to Sirius, who then gave it to Lily, who insisted I take it back. I refused, of course, and made an identical copy instead. Now, Maya said, I'm giving that copy to you. Why? Because you are my friend, and I missed you. Because Harry loves you, and that makes you family. Courage and craft, Ginny, she said proudly. That's what it means to be a potter. I know you were looking forward to me going back to Hogwarts with you this year, but... It's okay, Hermione, I get it. You already went back, and I don't think even you should be in school for that long. You're a part of this family now. My sister, Maya said the word softly. Harry's mate. Even when you're away from us, you're a part of us. Ginny hugged Maya, and when the pair returned to the drawing room, Remus sat up, apparently aware that something had changed. Maya chuckled knowingly and waited until Sirius and Remus saw the bracelet for themselves. When they did, they each eyed Maya, they each eyed Maya and smiled in approval. Do you know why Remus reacted? Of course I don't. Okay, so, bond talk. Um, <clears throat> Remus has the pack bond with Maya, Sirius, and Jamie. When Jamie married Lily, that brought Lily into the pack bond. When they had Harry, that brought Harry into the pack bond. Um, so they are all, all of the Potters are pack. Now that Maya, who is pack bonded, has adopted Ginny and brought her into the family by giving her the bracelet and saying, you're a potter. Now she is brought into the pack. So Remus is able to sense that connection to her, which will then be strengthened once she and Harry marry. Okay. And then I think Sirius feels it because he has a familial bond with Harry that is now attached to Ginny. Lots of strings. Sirius growled as another of his pieces were dest was destroyed in the onslaught, and everyone laughed. Oh, sorry. Sirius growled as another of his pieces was destroyed in the onslaught, and everyone laughed. Maya turned to look at Ron, who should have been more interested than anyone in the game if her memory served her well, but he sat on the opposite side of the room, looking down into an empty glass in his hands. You all right? 
What? Yeah, I'm fine, Myony. I should probably head back to the burrow, though. Told Mum I'd stay for a few days. Ron said and stood up. You coming, Jin? I'll go back once I finish this game. I'll walk you out, Maya said to Ron, as she slipped out of Sirius's grip. She turned back and smiled reassuringly at him, since he appeared distressed just a bit any time she left his sight. It would take time to cure him of the anxiety issues regarding her. She and Ron walked silently towards the front door, and once it was shut behind them and they stood on the porch, she turned and sighed. I know things are different. It's weird, Ron agreed. I just saw you last night, and you were... Different, he frowned. Different. Not bad different. You're still you, just... I'm not sure what's changed. A lot. He hesitated, worrying the toes of his shoes against the steps. Are... are we still friends? Jesus Christ. It's I'm fine. Alright guys, what you're missing is the 45 minute conversation Kat and I had before the podcast about how... It's really hard being friends when both of your lives are going completely different directions. And, you know, it's weird and it's hard and it sucks. And grown-up friendships, grown-up friendships that started as grown-up friendships are one thing. Childhood friendships that become grown-up friendships are really fucking hard when you guys are on different life paths. And damn it, like... cried a lot of tears before this episode started. Yeah, but it's fine. We're best friends. Yes, we are. It's really hard sometimes, but we're best friends. Yes, it is. Mainly because I'm obnoxious. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe you should put your tentacles around me. I'm obnoxious. One of my tentacles is shorter than the other, but you can't tell, especially when I swish them like this. Are you also H2O intolerant? <laughs> oh, you guys made me eat. <laughs> Dude, no look on my husband's face the other day. <laughs> to our male listeners, I apologize. So I had my period. And I sneezed, and the look on my face, and those of you who have had this happen, you know exactly what I'm talking about, where, like, you just feel it, and the look of just, like, horror on my face, and he was just like, what just happened? He's like, did you pee? And I was like, "Mm mm-mm, I threw a clot, and he's like, you what? (laughs) So anyway, I inked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> My cheeks <laughs> This is fine. Everything is fine. <clears throat> Everything is awesome. <laughs> Such a crappy movie. I'm <laughs> Dude, the entire movie, I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then it, like, all made sense at the end. I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's super meta. But it's anyway. So bad. So bad. A Good Dinosaur is also a horrible movie. Don't worry. Oh my god. I was not prepared. I cried so hard. It was so bad. God damn, Disney. <laughs> For anybody who likes it, I'm sorry, but I did not like The Good Dinosaur. You did? It was such I a good movie. I mean, like I cried, it. but it was super cute. Anyway, the dead of time. Maya thought about the question for a moment. She remembered stumbling upon the mirror of Arised, where she saw herself standing with her family, and Ron had been there. However, over the years, she felt a tiny bit guilty for almost putting him in the back of her mind. Until she had been gifted with James, Sirius, and Remus, she had not realized just how poorly her friendship with Ron had been on both sides. There was too much give and not enough take on her end, and she knew that Hermione's poor self-esteem had contributed to the lazy way he had treated their friendship. She acted and felt more like a babysitter than a friend to him at times. Still, she had known him since she was eleven, and they fought a war together. Ron had fought a troll for her. I'd like to be, she admitted honestly. We went through a war together, he said, apparently on a similar train of thought. She dipped her head in agreement. I went through two wars. The first one broke me, I think. The second changed me changed you how she inhaled deep and watched as the cool damp air of almost autumn turned the breath of her exhale visible against the setting sun can i ask you something and have you promised that you will never speak another word of it i would ask harry but it's too personal for him ron looked excited about the prospect of sharing something with maya that harry was not privy to yeah you can ask me anything hermione she stood for a moment in silence before speaking, choosing her words very carefully when she finally did break the silence. When we were at Malfoy Manor, and Sirius and I were upstairs with Narcissa and Draco, you and Harry said that Peter Pettigrew died. He did. That his silver hand choked him to death. It did? Can I ask... She paused and then looked up at him, her eyes now hard and cold as they met his gaze. Did he suffer? Ron looked taken aback by the question, and he stumbled over his words. Uh, I... it didn't look pleasant, Myony. Was he afraid? Y yeah, Ron muttered. The memory of the event looked like it left a cold feeling in his gut. H he was bloody terrified. Changed you how? Ron had asked her. Maya listened to the answer to her question and she closed her eyes, taking another slow, deep breath. When she exhaled, it felt like relief, peace, and contentment. She remembered seeing Mary's bloodied body after her death and the confrontation she'd had with Peter prior to her burial. He had been terrified then, too. When Maya opened her eyes, Ron was looking at her with a horrified stare. She realized then that she was smiling. He murdered my friend, she told him, betrayed my brother and sister-in-law, and he took a blade to Harry's arm. Sirius went to Azkaban because of Peter Pettigrew. 
I'm fairly positive I had a large hand in pushing him towards the road he chose, but I went to school with a lot of people who I wasn't very pleasant to. She thought of Snape, Regulus, and even Draco. People who had much less than Peter, fewer friends, more pressure, larger threats. I saw the beginning. She could see that first meeting with Peter and every moment since then that turned him into the eventual Death Eater she knew he, him to be. I wanted to know the end. We tried to save him, Ron told her. When it happened, Harry and I, we tried to stop it from happening. Neither of you are the killing type. You're both Gryffindors, she said with a tender smile. Aren't Aren't you? Maya thought about it for a moment, then shrugged her shoulders. I'll tell you if I ever get the chance to ask the sorting hat again. God, I love how fucking scary she is. <laughs> because as I, I try to be generally anti-violence. I do. I genuinely, when it comes to bad people doing bad things... I don't usually want them to suffer purely because, the, not like physically, like painful, bodily harm kind of suffering, because then that makes us no better than them. And because I don't need that kind of shit on my conscience. But sometimes they deserve it. There are some people whose deaths... I don't want to say I'd celebrate it, but I'm also not going to be sad. Yeah. But. <clears throat> like, terrorists. Yeah, yes. Yes, obviously. Like, the, the, there's those, yes. I was. Russian president, or whatever you want to call him, dictator. Not gonna be sad about it. No, mm -mm, nope. Not, Not even a little give bit. Two craps. No, I very clearly remember the day my buddy called me and let me know that Osama bin Laden died, and I am I knew before anyone in my family. Um, he was at the Naval Academy, so they kind of you know got the jump on it. And I remember I called my sister, who was two months pregnant, and the first thing she said was. I am so glad my daughter is going to be born into a world where he doesn't exist. And I was like, yes, that's the energy that I want to bring to this. Yeah. Also, apparently his son lives in the U.S. and is an artist well, and I is trying to. Son. Yes. And his son is trying to bring good into the world where his father did not. So. Good for him. Don't know how I feel about that, but I refuse to say you're a bad person because your dad was a bad person. I think people are capable of growth, and God, I hope he is. Yeah, but that's why I hate it when people say that people don't change. They can, they just have to want to. You can't it, force them to, so I hate it when people say that. It drives me insane. 
Uh, there was a 13-part story on Humans of New York about how people can fucking change. Yeah, and especially so. since I am one of those people, it makes me so mad when people say that. Like, that just... I mean, Ugh. I fucking changed. Yes, like, we all do. It's just that, like, usually when people say that is, like, so there are certain, like, famous people that I follow that have been divorced and they're probably bitter and I get it because their husbands like cheated on them multiple times and they're always like doing these interviews where they're like people don't change and I'm like yes they do it's just that he didn't want to change for you because he felt you weren't worth it and you probably tried to force him to and he just wasn't ready so you know what stop saying that because it's not true yeah it's I'm very much of the mind of people are capable of changing if they think their partner is worth changing for. Yes, and they clearly didn't think that they were, so, like, it's nobody's fault, but stop saying people can't change. Like, it's yeah. not true, and it bugs me. Yeah. But no, whatever. I mean, we've got a couple of our listeners who... God damn it, that's what I was fucking worried about. Sorry, my monitor is dying, and I really hope it doesn't fucking keep beeping at me. But, um, if it does, I'll try and just repeat whatever it was I was recording. Um... But no, like some of our listeners have done complete 180s from where they were in their life and genuinely turned things around. And, you know, it's it's hard to do that when nobody believes in you. When you do have a good support system, it is a lot easier to turn shit around. And, you know, when you have that support and when you do turn things around, it's fucking awesome and we should celebrate that. And you shouldn't immediately go to somebody who has made a huge change like that and go, oh, people don't change. Shut the fuck up. They're literally doing it in front of your eyes. Yeah. But. Like, they just have to want to do it, and they have to think that you're worth it, and they clearly didn't think you were worth it, and it's nobody's fault. It's just, mm. like... Yeah, it's... it's yeah. No, I, so... A comment my mom made when I was talking about, you know, being frustrated that I hadn't met the one. Um, and, you know, how I... Or there's two comments she made. Both of them are brilliant. So when I was looking for the one and I was tired of being single, her response was, you only need to find them once. And I was like, oh, oh, well, that makes it less scary. But the other thing she would say, um, and she said this one all the freaking time, whenever I was dating a guy that I really, really liked and, you know, my family wasn't huge on, it was... Just because it's a nice lid, it doesn't mean it fits your pot. So, you know, you can have a beautiful, amazing, all-clad lid. But if you're a fucking Rachel Ray Dutch oven, it's not going to fit. It doesn't matter how nice the lid is. They could be perfect. It doesn't fit you. And sometimes people try to make it work. And they buy the two together anyway. And then six years later, they're like, wow, this was a terrible fucking idea. They return the one and they go shopping for a new lid. And finally, they find their Dutch oven lid and everything's great. Sometimes it takes a while. Keep looking for your lid. That was a, whole, that was a huge analogy about divorce in case you did not. I know, but all I like, because when we were 
hard early. And then when I got up, like, kind of early, because my work has gotten me on the schedule where I wake up at, like, 6.30, even when I don't want to. So all that was on TV because of the crappy channels with Spongebob. So all I can picture when you say that is that F1 episode. He's like, the lid, 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 the lid. Like, when Patrick is trying to open, he's like, the lid, the lid, the lid, and his hand is just going all like this, and then he, like, gets to it, and he is, like, trying to open it. That's all I can see. <laughs> God, that show's a classic. Anyway, it's a dead of time. An hour or so later, the two older couples sat on the long sofa, curled together. Remus at the end with Tonks lying back against his chest, and Maya leaning her shoulder against Tonks while Sirius rested his head in her lap. Harry sat in a large armchair looking at old photos that Sirius and Maya had gone through to filter out some of the more risque pictures, of which Sirius had a shocking amount. Everyone was laughing and smiling. The joy of the moment was slowly picking apart the pieces of grief that had broken her heart upon arriving in 1998 and began the work of putting them back together. It was amazing, Harry. Lily just walked right up and slapped Jamie across the face. Called him a toe rag, Sirius said with a chuckle. That was always her go-to insult. And then the whole train ride home. He's describing the color of her eyes, Remus chimed in. It was ridiculous. Mum and Dad thought he'd been poisoned or confounded. My mum actually hit him. Harry asked, laughing softly to himself as he stared at the Christmas photograph in his hand, where eleven- and twelve-year-old James and Sirius stood side by side in front of the large Christmas tree at Potter Manor, the former sporting a lovely bruise on his cheek. He told everyone he was going to wear it like a badge of honor, Sirius said. Maya giggled at the memory of her brother. Did you know it took me four days to get him to wash his face? He was so in love with her, I had to pin him to the floor. Upstairs, there was a loud cry, and Tonks jumped up immediately. You sure you've got it? Remus asked her, and both Harry and Maya looked like they were each eager to offer to care for, to care for Teddy as well. Tonks smiled at them. I'm fine. Probably just needs to be changed, she said, and then quietly left the room. In Tonks's absence, Maya tilted back and filled the gap on the sofa, leaning her head against Remus's chest as though it were the most natural and comfortable thing in the world. Remus reacted automatically, wrapping an arm around her shoulder, nuzzling her hair intimately like a lover might, or maybe a tame animal. Maya's fingers still carded through Sirius's hair, tugging at the lock slightly, grinning when he made noises of contentment. This is so weird. Harry laughed softly, looking at a photograph in his hand. Maya could read the note written on the back and knew that it was one where the three of them were in nearly the same position on the sofa in the Gryffindor common room. Only in the background, Jamie could be seen sneaking up with a hovering ball of bluebell flame in one hand and a firecracker in the other. What's weird? Maya asked. You? Harry smiled at her. So, I don't know, relaxed and with them... Maya shrugged. Never even thought about it. She's always been like this, Sirius mumbled. Collecting strays, Remus said with a grin. It's nice, Harry said with genuine affection. To see you happy, I mean. Are you all right? He laughed awkwardly, 
Still getting used to it, that's for sure. At least you will be going around snogging them both in the house. I don't share, Sirius declared. When both Remus and Maya snorted, he clarified, Any more? Behave, or I'll bite you, Maya threatened. Harry made a face. I said I'm still getting used to it. Sirius barked a laugh. She's not flirting with me. Harry raised a brow. Okay, she's flirting a little, but she's serious about the biting, he said, as he held up his forearm, showing tiny little scars on his skin. Are all anime guys so violent? Harry asked. Your dad was the worst, Sirius scoffed when Maya flicked his ear. What? He was. Bloody deranged, dear. When he found out Remus and I were both in love with his sister, he said, sparing Harry the thought of picturing Maya shagging either of them again. He shifted in the middle of the dorm room and charged at us. Simultaneously, Sirius and Remus pulled at their clothes, revealing the puncture-shaped scars, one on Sirius's shoulder, the other on Remus's ribs. Harry stared at the marks with wide eyes. Wow, I guess the talk you and I had about Hermione was tame compared to what my dad did. At least you didn't say maidenhood, Remus mumbled, and Maya and Sirius started laughing all over again. What in the name of Merlin is this? Maya turned at the high-pitched shriek and looked up. There in the doorway stood an irate-looking, red-headed woman who was staring at the sight of Maya pressed between two grown wizards, both adjusting their shirts as though they were either putting them back on or taking them off. Remus and Sirius both froze in place, and Maya squeezed herself out from between them to stand. Molly? She said the witch's name with a smile, not having seen the woman since she had run into her at Sugar Plum's sweet shop when Bill, Charlie, and Percy were all little boys, and the twins were sleeping infants in a pram. Molly appeared to not even look at Maya, her eyes glancing over her shoulders to the men on the sofa. You! She hissed at them, her eyes narrowed. Maya took notice of the look in Molly's eyes being directed at Sirius and Remus, and she could feel her own eyes blazing. She had a line that was never to be crossed. Her boys were the line, and Molly was edging a little too close to it for comfort. Ron and Ginny burst into the room looking out of breath and panicked. We tried to stop her, Ginny said apologetically. Ron winced. I was just explaining to Mum. Ginny scoffed loudly. She asked how Hermione enjoyed her birthday, and he drunkenly blurted out that Sirius and Remus have been shagging her for years. <laughs> I mean, not wrong, but... Yeah, <clears throat> it happens. Ron turned bright red and looked down shamefully. Maya could see the empty sober-up potion still gripped in his hand. Molly, Maya said calmly, trying to get the witch's attention. If Ron was doing the explaining, then I'm sure you've got the wrong idea about... You filthy beasts! Molly screamed at Sirius and Remus, ignoring Maya entirely, except to step protectively in front of her. How dare you put your hands on that poor girl and take advantage of her? Sirius held his hands up innocently. Molly, I promise you, no one here took advantage of... She's just a girl, and this has been going on for years. You had no right... Don't you speak to me, Sirius Black, not after the horrible things you've done. 
taking away this poor girl's innocence. Sirius growled under his breath. Why am I always getting blamed for shit I didn't do? He turned and briefly glared at Remus, who was standing up slowly. Molly, Remus said, holding his hands up in supplication. I know you're upset, but you don't understand the situation. The fact that they were not denying the accusations only seemed to enrage Molly further. I understand perfectly well, Remus Lupin. She was your student, and now you both think you can defile her. Remus, you're a married man with a child, and you, she said, looking back at Sirius, unaware of the seething witch behind her, whose hair was sparking at the end. I always knew you were no good. Molly, you need to back away very slowly. Sirius cautioned her, his eyes flickering to Maya. I say this because you're emotional right now and completely ignorant as to what's happening, but you are in actual physical danger at the moment. Mrs. Weasley? Harry stood, looking over Molly's shoulder to where Maya stood, clenching her fists and breathing out her nose, eyes narrowed into slits. I really think you should listen to Sirius. The only one's in danger right now, Molly said, ignoring Harry as well as she pointed to Sirius and Remus, are these two leches. Hermione, dear, you're coming home with me right this second. Oh, she said, surprised by the close proximity as she turned around to come face to face with Maya. Are you all right, sweet girl? Ronald told me everything. We'll get you someplace safe. Did they hurt you? Nasty wizards. She spun back on the men, glaring first at Remus. I expected better from you, Remus Lupin. Her gaze fell on Sirius again. You, on the other hand. Molly, Maya said softly, her tone concealing the primal, protective rage pulsing beneath her skin in time with her heartbeat and her magic. When the redhead turned to look at her once more, Maya reached a hand into her pocket. Can you swim? <laughs> and see. Molly's uh-huh. going to the Kraken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Um, and that's it for this week's chapter. God, I forgot. I love Every chapter of book four is my favorite chapter. Like, it's so fucking good. I love watching everything come together. It's so good. But it's time to thank our patrons. We'd like to thank our foxes, Montana, Muggle Trucker, Tyler Maria, Anthony, Jade, Claire Soothes My ADHD Goblin Brain, Professor Magana Got It Going On, Lisa, Tori, Camille, Morgan, Kiera, Leanne, Sierra, Stacy, Shannon, Martina, Bridget, Sandra, Kayla, Jordan, Claire, Kyla, Diana, Nicole, Sarah, Kenny, Amber, Ryland, Ash, Carissa, April, Kaylin, Audrey, Joshua, Kara, Melissa, another one for the baby jar, Kara, Crystal, Sarah, Ryder, Catherine, Crystal, Shauna, Cassie, Chris, Sylvia, Juliana, Jillian, Rachel, Cauldron Mist, Kendra, Samantha, Miriam, Becky, Misha, Elias, Dan, Montana, Frau Holly, Matthew, and Jasmine. 
Thank you once again to all of our Patreons. We appreciate your continued patronage. Uh, it's awesome, and we love you. Um, holy crap, it's super late. But uh, we're very glad you joined us this Fire Whiskey Friday. Um, really, I, I feel like every episode of this season is going to end on a cliffy and it makes me really happy. Um, <laughs> cat's less impressed, but we will see you next. Fire Whiskey Friday. Whitcha! Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire Whiskey and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, FWHpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.